All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to try to say this without tearing up. Um, they grow up. So I, yes, exactly. Uh, breaking news, I don't have kids yet. I, I will say that I probably, I heard that. I will probably say that I use my guess as an excuse to being with pride, uh, that of that of a, a, a dad watching uh, his kid or an older brother watching his kid brother shine in, in the big game. It's it's literally because I've seen this person uh, in his evolution, and yes, it's even scary to me. But you know, I'm gonna say this much, and this is where I get mafioso on y'all. If you are an entertainer or a singer, you know worth your your weight in gold or whatever like if you even think you're going to do anything creative in this lifetime without this gentleman oh oh, 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 you are sadly mistaken um seriously i can go through it it'll probably take a half hour before i say his name jill scott needs work done whatever you call an adam blackstone demi lovato jonas brothers adam blackstone maroon five adam blackstone algebra adam blackstone Andrew Stone, Al Green, Adam Blackstone. Who's Dr. Dre call when it's Super Bowl time? Adam Blackstone. Who's Jay-Z call when it's time for his, his show to be tight? Adam Blackstone. Even the artist now known as the unmentionable. Huh? Adam Blackstone. Janet Jackson, Adam Blackstone. Eminem, Queen Latifah, Uh-oh. Alicia Keys, Timberlake, Rihanna. Like, when you're watching the Oscars, even when I accepted my own That's Oscar, mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm, when mm. you're watching The Voice, when you're watching the Grammy Awards, when you're watching the Soul Train <laughs> Awards, all them specials on VH1, on BT, on MTV, even my my boss Jimmy Fallon uses for That's My Jam, the mass singer, Adam Blackstone. Let's not forget, he's currently, yes, he will be an easy EGOT any day now. Like he's currently working on his Grammy for his 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 awesome 
I didn't even get to talk to you about this. Adam. I really like Legacy. Yes, even his yes. awesome Legacy LP. I I just have to say that I I don't have the words to express the pride that I have for my guest. I'm sorry I used the entire 90 minutes to brag about mm-hmm. our guest today, Adam Blackstone on Quest Love Supreme. How you doing, man? I am wonderful. That was the best introduction ever. I'm trying, man. You know, you 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 deserve your your past flowers, man. You're like you're. I, I think everybody needs to know that seventy five percent of the artists that you named for me came from you. <laughs> not no, not even like your your reputation. Like I remember the day that um, and rest in peace, Maroon Five's manager um, Jordan, man, Jordan, yeah, Jordan, rest right. in peace. Yes, when Jordan hit me up, you know about adding some spices to the group and arrangement or whatnot. I don't know, man. Like for you, I'm I'm in awe because of all levels of creativity. I say, even though people will say like the greatest strength of my career or my legacy, of course, is the Roots live show. The pressure that it takes to think of ideas to spice up someone's live show, man, is like, I don't know. I don't know how you do it. I will say that it's one of the most thankless jobs because no one ever thinks about what the music director has to go through. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a, it's a beast. Yeah. And, and, you know, I have so many questions to ask you, so thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we finally got to take time out to do this. Where are you hitting me from right now? We are in Las Vegas right now working on the soul train awards. Um, of course. Just left, just left. Which I didn't see you at. We're gonna talk about that too. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Saturday. How was um, it? It was really good, man. Annie Lennox asked me to move to London with her. I, you know, don't tell my wife, but <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, honored the Rhythmics. Uh, Jamie Lewis, right? Yeah. Jamie Lewis, Carly Simon, and Eminem and Lionel Dolly Parton. Really? Was, did Lionel perform with you guys? He did. We did. Hello. Uh, easy and all night long it was crazy, bro. Yo, can I ask you, Adam? Because you did a few things leading up, and even though you didn't invite me and Jimmy Jam did, you did this nice uh tribute to <laughs> Jimmy Jam and well, Terry. First of all, stop. I just want Wait. this to be in the big quest love letters. Like, you are invited to my life. So oh, okay. Well, that's a- <laughs> y'all raised. Did up. you know about the jam session, Laia? When Jimmy Jam told me. When oh, Jimmy after Jimmy the fact. Came. No, 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 I went. So that's what my question was, because he did this jam section with a lot of kind of maybe unknown singers that were very dope that did like all these Jimmy and Terry songs. And I, I kind of wanted you to talk about that, too. Yeah, I will say that the, the night after it's rare that Sean G, uh, super manager, Live Nation executive, it is rare that Sean G will ever in the house. <laughs> well, that too. That but it's very really rare. Like Sean is a family man. But I will say that if we get a text from Sean G, eleven o'clock East Coast Standard Time, like he's basically off the clock after five p.m. For sure, he couldn't stop talking about how much he liked this damn legacy jam. Yeah, and he it called gave him like Black Lily. Black Lily. Exactly. Exactly. You called the return of Black Lily. Yeah, so, man. That, that's exactly what I did, and and um, you know, cultivating what you, Rich Nichols, my, you know, my my father in the game, and 
you know, Sean G have brought to me, I brought East Coast vibes to LA, man, and it was much needed. Like, yeah, it's, it's interesting that you said you didn't know, but one of the things that happened with the Lily before social media was word of mouth. Yeah. Somebody, so, yeah, like, yeah. I'm Thanks. really cultivating that. I didn't post anything about oh, Yeah, okay. no, it wasn't a, it wasn't like a thing. It was just like, you know, one of the and I I hope I don't get in trouble for talking about this, but I felt really bad with Jimmy and Terry for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame not getting a performance slot. You know what I mean? Their their music has impacted me and culture and the global world past r&b or pop or whatever it's just, mm. it's just a their man. induction wasn't really promoted like that either so it wasn't until he told me that i was like oh shit and, and so when i found that out this is my first year md in the whole show when i found that out i said yo i gotta do something you know yeah, what i'm saying that's because dope. like this is what they need. When I called Jimmy, you know, we had an emotional moment because he was very thankful about what I was about to do. And we ain't know it was going to turn that into what it was. Um, but it was it was awesome, man. I, I got to so, give people their flowers. You know, so, now. dude, where did you find because I've seen the clips. Yeah. And the one thing I always wonder about. Is the legacy like who, you know, where are. Where are the heads that would have been at black lily in 2020 like who's that audience one how did you find the singers two how did you find the audience that would receive them as well got you so the a big part of what i've been doing with this legacy experience amir is that the narrative is that i've been on the road with everybody from okay player tour to more recent you know jay and jt or something like that and so along the way because I'm such a fan of music and vocalists, I find my own favorite singers by playing with these incredible artists. So a lot of them have either sang backup for who I've for who I've rocked with, or there'll be a new artist in the city. And you know how we used to like go to London or something, and we just go to a jam session and find, mm-hmm. you know, Daly or find Amy <laughs> or find Jesse J. I remember pulling up somewhere random in London, like. And same thing with Philly. It's like, you know, Jill, Music, India, Erica, at any point, somebody could walk in there. But then you also get somebody like a new kid at the time, Blau. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Or you get a new kid at the time, Vivian Green or something like that. So it's like, I'm cultivating that same structure that you guys have laid. And what it is, is I'm letting everybody shine Um in their element, but also dic- trying to dictate the same t- sort of tour type of set lists that I would do if I was out on the road with a Jimmy and Terry and matching the voice with the with the moment. That's why we had somebody like a Coco Jones do I Get So Lonely, who she's the new, vibrant, sexy, you know, it girl kind of doing that. But then I had Anaya do Damage, and she's kind of like this raunchy, you know, Houston rapper, singer. And then I had somebody like Lena Bird Miles, a uh, new gospel album coming out. And she did. I wanted to highlight Jimmy and Terry's Yolanda Adams catalog. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Who people don't know about. So she ended up doing uh, Open My Heart. And so, like, it was just a night full of of gems, man. Like, straight how, up. How many nights do you have to prepare from the moment you decide, you know what? I'm going to pay, you know, pay tribute to them. How many nights do you have to prepare for such a thing? So this is where you have taught me wrong, 
Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have been in so many instances where it's the day of through roots, through a player, whatever, and it comes off without a hitch or and I would say externally without a hitch. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you know, I might get a mm-hmm. I might get a Every once in a while, for <laughs> <laughs> a note that I miss or whatever, Ooh. but um, yeah. So I, I I take about a day and a half to two days. Really curating the set list is the most thing is the most important thing for me because people move off of energy. You know what I'm saying? So it's like a, a bad set list again, which I've learned from you is like a bad set list can dictate a bad show. You know what I'm saying? You got to know. You know, we yelling, we, we, I've seen me yell, you yell at Keith or whatever. It's like, <laughs> go get Jill now. <laughs> right. Where's the, da, 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 where's, and so that's kind of what I've been doing the week leading up to. And then it's like, yo, I just want to catch a vibe. You know what I mean? And, and, and let it, let it be a natural thing. Okay. So for our audience that is not familiar, because yeah. I mean, to the industry, you are literally, the Quincy Jones. I mean, the part of Quincy Jones that I play is being a connector. I always said that Quincy Jones's telephone or his Rolodex was always his best instrument, his ability mm-hmm. to reach people. But the idea of what we think Quincy Jones is, which he also is, is just to be the go-to guy to get the right performance out of the artist, live, studio, whatever. And the thing is, you you do have to do both because, you know, in my world, I will say that maybe, yes, with, with the addition of like Stro Elliott or even with, with Jeremy, like in, in The Roots, we're now just adding sample elements to the show yeah. in the last four, you know, four or five years. But with you, I know that you, you not only have to, you know, comb through their entire studio history and grab ba- background vocals and are you doing this all yourself like all right take take me through a process of so i assume that since rihanna's got something cooking in the kitchen for hmm. top of 2024 let's just hypothetically let's just hypothetically say that you might have gotten a call from rihanna you know saying that all right i'm about to ramp up and surprise drop this album and maybe April of 2024 Ooh, and yeah. she wants, she wants to go on tour and the way you're smiling right now, I think that this conversation actually might happen, even though I don't know Jack. So I know how NDAs are, but walk me through the process. Yeah, no problem. So I used to do everything. I was super hands on as far as like curating the set list. I would sit down with the artist. I would say, what is the story you're trying to tell? Like through either this album or through this live show process. Um, I've done it with every artist. I just want to sit down and talk. I just want to see where your head was when you were singing freaking Pour It Up. I want to see where your head was when you wrote Diamonds. You know what I'm saying? Like, what 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 is the story? Are you trying to go to the strip club? Or are we going to the stadium to hold up the, the phone light? Are you trying to do both? Okay, cool. So now... I take a I take an artist like Re and say, you know, how do we start? What's the middle and what's the end? I like to build my show in what I call acts, right? Because mm-hmm. you take the listener, the the audience on a journey. Um, so that first process is about 
getting the song list together, no specific order or anything. Then I kind of work backwards. I say, how do we start? How do we end? And then I fill the middle in like that. Now, with a pop artist and, and a lot of artists these days, but um, pop specifically, as far as getting the tracks and stuff together, the backing tracks, playing with a, a little bit of backing vocal, stuff like that. Uh, I call my programming team and I call my, you know, a lot of my, a lot of my. How many on the programming team? It depends on what it is. What I just did with this past Super Bowl was myself. Terrence Vaughn and Derek Cobbs and I had Omar there with me Omar Elwes there with me every step of the way mm -hmm. um because in a in a gig like the Super Bowl specifically I'm going to set design meetings I'm going to choreography rehearsal I'm going to how are the instruments going to look so once I have the concept and the idea my team for sure begins to try to execute in a rehearsal setting where I'm in and out of because of the other things that are going on as a musical director and I, I like I said I, I've learned that a musical director is half about the music <laughs> and more about the other stuff and and it's really really crazy the higher up you go I'm going I'm to get blasted for saying this, but the mm. higher up you go, the less it is about the music when it comes to the MD. Mm. All right. Question. So, mm. all right. And you, you just, you just, okay. Now in, there's always an inside joke with musicians and we do it all the time. Um, and that is hashtag you've been Blackstone. Oh, God. And, <laughs> what does and that mean? this is a real hashtag. Whenever we joke, you've been Blackstone. That always means that there's a part of the song that just has extra spice into it. Yeah. And you add your little <laughs> trademarks. It's, it's almost like the way I could just describe it to you. If you guys remember TLC's video version for Digging on You. Which I is knew also, you was going to say that. Uh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Right. Yes, yes. If, if, if you also remember the Hovey Baby sample, there's always that element in the song that happens. And I always wonder, Church when man. you add your trademark, like that's oh, your version of, really? up, when you add your trademark, wow, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but when you add your trademark Blackstone Eyes thing, yeah. I wonder where does that come from? But then you tell me that you are also in the meetings with the choreographers. That's 2017 and above. You feel what I'm saying? This this is why this, this interview is so good because these young kids, they see the work that I put in in 04, 05 coming off of Fading Back. And like you throwing me to Kanye and you throwing Omar to Jay and, and all of that where it was like, we then had to take everything we had learned for the last seven years and put it together on our own and, and give that same amount of energy, same amount of musicianship to these new artists out there. And, you know, I have been big. The Hovey baby thing means so much to me that you would even say that because I try to make my shows a movie, you know what yes. I'm saying? You you are the John Williams of uh, musical directors. Oh, I straight up, I'm, I'm that that is a really I I appreciate that, but that is a great analogy because I want to take like I, you know I got a folder of sounds that's called Jurassic Park, 
You know? <laughs> oh. And it's just like, boom, shots. <laughs> like, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm in my head, I'm like, yo, if somebody, if I start my show like that, you are tuned in from minute one. And it's very different than what I what I grew up on, but I've always been a fan of pop music and not like, you know, just Britney pop, but just like, you know, popular and what was on the radio. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, it was something for me about adding that backing track. One of the first times I did it was working um, with um, a 1680 over at Carvin and Ivan's because they were programming music Soul Child's show. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so oh, man. they wanted some of those samples like Girl Next Door because we didn't have an upright out or they wanted like the Just Friends beatbox. And it was like, how do we accomplish that? And so I started being like, yo, why don't we just play along to the loop? You know what I'm saying? And then that grew from there to me, you know, me and Ye at Fade to Black and then like doing Glow in the Dark tour. And then it was like, OK, there's a song with Daft Punk in it and we don't have Daft Punk on stage with us what's the best way to achieve that okay let's run with their track but then at the same time i always like to have the backing track playing along with us this is what i call it and us not just playing to the backing track if you notice with my tracks on mirror they all kind of move even though we're locked into a tempo right it's a live feeling thing and so yeah i've i've been the one to create that sound you know, now I'm able to, and you laugh with me all the time, depending on who's coming on Fallon. And you be like, did you do this? Did you do this? And I'd be like, Dog. I'd be like, nah. <laughs> but you know, like- you're, 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 you now have a generation of new Blackstones. And that to me is, is even crazy of your legacy. Wait, I always wanted to know. All right. Right now in the DJ world. Yeah. There's been a, a new development that's happened for DJs. And most of us are using beta beta products. And the, the risk with, with when you're using beta programming is you might get a visit from the rainbow wheel. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to know. Yeah. One, have you ever been in a predicament where you've been rainbow wheeled or in a predicament where, fuck, I left my laptop at the hotel or... It fell to the like a hard drive crashed or oh, yeah. yeah 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 yeah. And how do you handle a situation? Well, this this is where the musicianship comes in, right? Like, don't get it twisted. We are rocking with some backing track, and we got some samples and some loops in there. And as budgets get cut, I may not have a percussionist and and stuff like that. So it's like whatever. But when that swirly wheel comes up, we playing good and live. Like, don't I, I, I will wear you out on that bass, like live, you know right. what I'm saying? And Omar will wear you out on them keys and Brian Fraser Moore will wear you out on the drums. And, you know, Randy Bowling will wear you out on the guitar. So like the backing track is there, but that's really given album vibes. Sometimes when we hit that swirly wheel, it doesn't happen often. Knock on wood. All right. But when it does, we are able to go live. I remember one time at Essence Fest with Janet, we was playing Funny How Time Flies and we got the swirly wheel and we were able to 
just vibe. You know what I'm saying? Because it was just like the two chords, and then we were rock. We had the guitar solo just coming until it, till we had to shut down. Boop, 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 boop. We run it up, but it was like we was playing. Is it like an eye language? Y'all look at each other and even acknowledge it. Y'all just it's just muscle memory. Know? Y'all just, now is there know. is there a warning that she gets like we might have a technical difficulty or well I'm talking to her in her ears or I'm talking to Justin or I'm talking to Rhea or whatever it might be like you know give me a second we I need to, <laughs> like we're gonna vibe for a second don't worry about it because you know I mean when that click cut off we all look around like what the heck <laughs> okay <laughs> it's like the sound silence is the sound of death when you run into a, with with, a, with some backing track. Um, but it doesn't happen often. One of the craziest things I remember is is not that it crashed, but walking to the stage, Kanye said, Oh yeah, Adam, I don't want to do the second verse tonight. And it's like Yo, five, I, four, right. three, two, and the sh- and the lights come on. And I'm like, wait, what did he just say? And so I run over to the side of the stage with my programmer, Demetrius. The show is Demetrius playing- is God. Yeah, Demi is the guy. Yes. I run, the show is playing on one laptop. We're editing on the next laptop for the next song. And we take the verse out of that song. We switch to the B rig when it's a, the second song is about to come on. And then we switch back to the A rig. Um, so the you third. have two computers running at the same time in case. Yeah, what we call redundant systems. Yeah. But man. you also walk into the stage talking to Demetrius at the same time while you walk into the stage because he just said it and you got to hurry up and make sure that all happens, right? He's on this. Demi is at the stage already and me and Ye are walking. He's like, oh, yeah, I don't want to do. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so you got to. I was going to ask who who is your who's been your most wild pitch client? <laughs> That's the easiest question I've ever. Kanye West. After I did the Kanye West Glow in the Dark tour, I could do mm. anything. <laughs> he said, well, I want you to make a robot fly across the stage and score it. But I want the scoring to sound like flashing lights. And I was just like, huh? Huh? And we, uh-huh. we did it, bro. We did it. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. 
on demand, temp to hire, part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Do your artists have a basic general understanding that any slight suggestion they might have might be a five minute timeout? Like a, a guy like Prince never had patience. For his engineer, I don't, I don't think any of the artists do right now, and a lot of that is our fault, Amir, because we make it happen. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You know, five minutes, fifteen minutes, whatever. It's just like get it done. You know what I'm saying? I pride myself on making sketches ahead of time so that they know. Okay, yo, I was feeling that, but I'm not feeling this. Work on this, as opposed to showing up to rehearsal or showing up to the gig and then asking for the change then because it is a stop down. You know what I'm saying? But that's why team is so important, man. When I have somebody like Demetrius or I have somebody like Danny Chung with me, I know they like, bloop, 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 and it's like we speak the same language. You know what I mean? But ev- I think every artist is impatient, especially when you're on that stage or especially when you're at the rehearsal studio. It's like, yo, let's let's get this popping. You know what I mean? I know that this is like a moment where y'all don't really get to talk that often and we are in it. And even Amir even forgot to say our names or whatever, but Amir, you got to ask him the question that we ask everybody. We got to know the, like the beginners and even y'all story. Oh, like, I forgot to go. <laughs> yes. Like who is the uh, fuck Adam Blackstone? <laughs> right. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Quest Love Supreme. We got Montegolo <laughs> and Laia and Sugar Steve, uh, unpaid bills somewhere making millions. No, no, seriously. I, I, it's I'm brothers. so close I to know, Adam y'all don't that get, I actually... Y'all don't get this time. And y'all don't get this time, so I totally get it. I'm, it, I'm so close to Adam that I'm actually having a conversation that I would have if we were yes. actually on the telephone. For yes, sure. you are. All right, so yeah, let's, let, let us start at the beginning. What was your first musical memory? My first musical memory? Yes, in life. Wow, yeah, well... I remember just playing at church and and one of the high praise moments was when I was about six or seven years old and I went from drums to bass to organ and as a kid and they everybody was like, you better play, boy. Oh, my God. You and I was cool. Got up on the bass, played the bass. Boom. Got sat down to organ. I don't know what I was playing, good or bad, but they hyped me up and I just I was like, OK, I can do this. And one of my other early memories is is more non-direct musical, but my dad came home and quit his job. And he told my mom, like, yo, I want to do music full time. And we looked around like, what what are we about to do? And he <laughs> he supported us and sustained us. What, what you would call today, you know, wedding band singer yeah. or whatever. But it's like, you know, he played weddings, bar mitzvahs, three mm-hmm. services on Sundays, you know, banquets, all of that. He did it full time, man. So it was like, that's one of my other early music memories. What did he play, Adam? What did he play? My dad plays keys. My dad plays keys. As I look back at it, 
he was really the first MD that I saw. Cause I don't know if I knew what that was like, you know, getting mm-hmm. into musical director terminology, but he have a little TR 909. He just throw on a beat at 110 and he would play brick house, electric slide, Macarena <laughs> all to the same beat. It's just like, Hey, Macarena, she's a break. <laughs> <laughs> ah, then like, all night long. All night. Like, <laughs> and them folks would just go crazy. Like, you know, like keep the party going. It's like, you know, it's electric. Like he was one of those dudes, man. And, um, as I look back at it, when I became older, I was like, yo, that's a big part of how I put set lists together for freaking Justin Timberlake or Rihanna. I'm like, what's it's DJ kid? What's the feeling? What's what's going to keep the party going? How I've done the last four Super Bowls is like we can't stop. We only got 12 minutes. You know what I'm saying? And like a big part of that, as I look back, is my dad like curating his banquet sets or his Saturday night party, you know, um, lodge. Yeah, straight up, like you know, and he 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 sustained us. And did you ever join his actual? So I did. As I became thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, like I played drums with him a little bit. I played bass with him a little bit, but you know, that's also another detriment to like non-rehearsal, but it works. So it's like, (laughs) like, oh yeah, we don't we don't need to rehearse. Like, (laughs) and I think when I got a little baby budget. And I was like, oh, I could rehearse for a week. It was like, oh, we rehearse. I'm I'm tainted by uh Quest Love and my dad, not mm. rehearsing. <laughs> no, nah, man. Sometimes you just gotta sink or swim with it. You, you gotta know? go with it. Yeah, but those are my first early memories. And then moving to Philadelphia in 2000 just changed my life. Like hands. So down. where were you previously before? I was in Willingboro, New Jersey. I grew up Ugh. in Jersey, born in Trenton. You know, Willemboro was like Juan Yeh and Ty Tribbett and and City mm. High. They were they were like wow. you know, shout out to Jay Ski and Pooch Jay and Peace too. Yeah, and Shaka Zulu. Shaka and you stupid. Yes, Shaka Zulu. Yep, Mike Zombie. All, all of you know. Wow, I mean? Mike Zombie. Yeah. yeah. So Willemboro, man, and then I went to college at University of the Arts. Moved to Philadelphia and it changed. My what life. year did you go to? University 2000, 2000 make you feel old yeah man you did <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll explain to our audience that you know um you know back in back in 97 late 97 where richard nichols our our beloved north star where we were trying to do this for a fourth time and rich was sort of like this is our do or die moment and his suggestion was like we got we to gotta come up with a story for Philadelphia. This is what's not working. Like, we got the critical claim, and, you know, we're getting slow traction, but we need a story that, that will stick. And his version of the story was, we got to have a jam session. And I was mm. like, well, why do we have to have a jam session? And he's like, well, one, you know, collaborators for your own record, but more than that, we have to build a, a music community. Mm-hmm. And because he said that, you know, it's... Like, we always thought we were going to be, like, the adopted little brothers of, you know, the native tongues and, yeah, and all that stuff. And, I mean, no, you know, they they was, they were feeling us, but none of them were really in the mind state of doing those things that they were doing earlier in 91, like posse cuts and all those things. So, 
you know, Rich was basically like, well, we could either wait for someone to adopt us or we better just do it ourselves. So I'm so glad he did because you guys became the big brothers instantly, mm -hmm. bro. Like instantly. I, 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 we had no choice. (laughs) I walked into the five spot and I was like, I ain't never seen nobody play like this, look like this, smell like this, eat like this, (laughs) sing like this, dance like this, rap like this. It was just a shifting moment for me, even as a black man, because I grew up in Willowboro, very affluent African-American town, you know, almost, you know, Huxtable like. Mm -hmm. But I thought Philadelphia was so far away culturally, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And like just crossing the bridge 30 minutes is nothing, you know what I mean? But I thought it was so far away and it was a whole nother world when it came to the music. Meeting Rich and Jazzy Fat Nasty's like changed my life, like straight up. Like just my my entire like literally changed my life. Well, yeah, what I was gonna say was that the plan worked. Everyone wound up getting record deals and every you know, then we wound up going on tour. And I will say that it morphed from the Roots Jam sessions. And then around ninety-nine it it became more black lily focused. So for you, can you talk about just the 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 because even I don't know, like I would just come to yeah. the five spot to see the results of it but mm-hmm. are you guys rehearsing with yeah, Jill so, all those times are you rehearsing and how did you get in like, the mix period yeah, how, like, so, I, I, I think I stalked Larry Gold studio I stayed there for days on end just with my guitar I was the big dude that played the bass waiting for my chance like just waiting um I got invited down by a 14-year-old Jasmine Sullivan. What? Um, she didn't invite. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, her band, you know, Daryl Robinson and Aaron Draper. Yes. And at that time, it was like Aaron Draper and continues to still be the connector. Like, mm. I don't care what nobody says. Yeah. Aaron yeah. Draper, you know, has has really plugged 90% of our generation's musicians, too rich, too Sean, to Amir, to Reek, to Hub, you know, I mean, rest in peace. It's like, you know, Aaron Draper was that guy, and he would just always say, Hey, yo, come down to he wouldn't ask. <laughs> yeah. He still don't ask. He's out with Adele right now. He's like, man, just just come over. Just come yeah. to the rehearsal. Shout out to Aaron for my Adele uh, discount because you yeah, know, two thousand yeah. dollars is a little bit too steep. Shit. Even for a guy with a good job like me. So yeah, we, we here now, bro. And they they killing. It's gonna be worth it. We out in Vegas now. They over there, they across the street. Okay. Um, and so when I got the opportunity to go to the studio, I just sat there. Like, yeah, like I just sat there for days and weeks. And then it was a few of y'all. It was a lot of it was a lot of us. And then you know, Rich said, Man, hey, you want so y'all were just chilling, wait. See, we just waiting on there, and then Rich would say. Laya is laughing because she knows where I'm about to go with this. Like, I might not have been paying attention or using the background. Like, you were not. You kept it straight yeah. beeline to the studio. You know how a mirror exactly. goes. <laughs> I'll be like, damn, who are these niggas? All right. Anyway, <laughs> so. so there was a couple times I think, like, as y'all were making, like, this might be a little. What's the album before Tipping Point? Phrenology. Yeah, that's when they did the jam sessions, Phrenology. That's so, when they started. Like, during Phrenology, it was like, let's just get Amir and Reek some ideas. 
Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, you know, and uh me and Omar and and I mean um Aaron and Daryl would just and Randy and Kevin Hansen, like we would just go down there and just give I like do loopy ideas with you for with you in mind, mm-hmm. uh with Reek in mind from Dice Raw and stuff like that. But at the same time, we didn't know that that was our audition, right? For Rich mm-hmm. to actually bring us to you. Because right. there was a vetting process. I don't care what nobody say about that back room. You, if you make it to our marriage room, you made it. <laughs> hey, Fonte, am I telling the truth? Nah, all facts. You all have facts. to, if you don't know that bell door to the studio <laughs> and you just go straight. Oh, the secret route? That's yeah. hilarious. You don't know. My don't hideout. Know about that. So when you go past the main door and you go to the back room, that's the audition. That ain't. And so, and so listen, and then fast forward, when you make it through the big door, right? You be peeking your head out like, oh, y'all going in the back? Yeah, no, we we in here, bro. We we in we in we in, we in the J room. <laughs> we in the J. That was the J room. Yeah, yeah, man. So, wow. so that we, you know, huge. I, I I can I can't do any interview without bigging up Rich Nichols and his vision for us and his yes. vision for for me and us as as a generation under you guys. Where it was like we passed some of us mm-hmm. passed the test to make it to you for then you to say and James to say and and say like yo come do black party or come do hove or come do whatever where it was like you guys were then to me like you know it 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 was hard to lock y'all down because you was on the road so much you know what mm-hmm. I mean but you, we also yeah. still had to make records and you we were getting calls for bigger gigs and and um I got a whole nother Still doing the Lily too, though, right, Adam? Like, so how does that work? Yeah, when did you officially like outgrow the Lily? No, I I never outgrew the Lily. I'm bringing the Lily. What I'm doing now is all Lily fire in my head. So not that, but (laughs) But, I know that. No, no, no. But it's like it's like so. So you guys got all these people and themselves as well. So let me big up to all the artists. But once somebody gets a deal. They then have to, they want that same vibe that got them the deal to right. hang out and roll with them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Let me explain also that once this outgrew my living room and then went to the five spot and sometimes wetlands in New York. Yep. Then eventually these artists started getting record deals. And next thing you know, like mm-hmm. they would pull six band members and whatnot. There was one point where I came home and without any context whatsoever, I, I was walking down the fire spot. I was like, yo, that look like Diddy. And I called Rich. I was like, yo, what the fuck is Puff Daddy doing here? Yeah. We, yeah. He was and, watching and, the new artist. And literally, like, you know, I've been going for like four months. And Rich is explaining to me, like, you don't even know. Like, now's the Wild Wild West. And everybody done heard that Philly has the best musician. And mm-hmm. they're literally coming down, stealing. But even... Even the musicians that I felt weren't even up to par on that level, like everyone <laughs> was getting work. The the stigma of Philadelphia alone got people a lot of work based off of the city. Listen, yo, I, I'm, it's funny. I just had a flashback. I'm like, I remember when Fonte had his album released at the Five Spot in Philly, like for an exchange. Yeah. Like it was just, it, nah, nah. We had our we had our uh, release party at uh, Five Spot in Philly, and then when we did this was oh three, I want to say, 
when we did the Roots, y'all did y'all Christmas winter break tour. And mm-hmm. Adam, that was when y'all you played, you were playing bass for us, little brother. That was the first time we met. Yeah. Word? Straight up. That was the first time we little we brother, yo. Break tour. It was us, Gene Gray. Okay, player tour. Gene okay, player tour. That's right. It was okay player tour. Yep. Oh three. And that was the first time me and you worked together and you played for us. And I just remember thinking, like, yo, this is the happiest bass player I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta say, man, going on the OK Player Tour, my first tour. As that I was your first tour? Yeah, as I look back at wow. it, like, Amir had us there to, uh, he, I, he overworked us, right? <laughs> Did I know? No. I? Now, this is what I want to say. You you stayed on the drums the whole night, too. So it's like I, I always I, I tell young kids now, nah, like, yo, if I'm playing, too, like I'm not you know, what I mean, I'm not telling you all to do anything that I wouldn't do. And so I don't see it as that. What I see it as as setting the blueprint for how to work hard to achieve success and you have to go above and beyond and we love music so much. I was like, I'm going to play for everybody out here that they allow me to play for because you, that relationship equity means more to me than anything. You know what I'm saying? So what was, what was the first time that you played for a non Lily act? My first big gig. I tell the story was you guys did unplugged and, right. and, Big homie called y'all to. Oh, that's right. To, to, I forgot the to, Illadelphonics. Illadelphonics. And so he was, re- he was going to retire. And right. it was just like, and it was super loose though, bro. I don't know if you remember that, but it was like, we went up to SIR. Wait, Fade to Black was your first big, big gig. Yes. It really Seriously? Oh, three. Uh, yeah, man. Adam, I could have sworn by then you was. Kicking at Michael I, Jackson's I, house I, and I, no, I mean you know Vivian, Music Soul Child, all that. But O three is like you know that's 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 I was I was nineteen turning twenty. So. so that's the first time you were in like Madison Square Garden and all that stuff. Absolutely, first first time. Oh I- man, I you rarely hear me say. I mean now I'm having fun, but that week was so fun to me, man. So fun, bro. So fun. And that taught me so, so much about how to curate a set. You know, at that time, we didn't know who was going on next, second, last, first, whatever. It was like, yo, I I saw you put that whole thing together. But at the same time, utilize the genius people around you. And, um, you know, young Beyonce and, and, and Mary and, you know, just like this is Jay's last album, and we're playing encore to, and everybody's saying "Hova, Hova." Right? Yeah, it's just like super crazy, and and that gig spawned me meeting Yay, which spawned me meeting Re, which spawned me meeting Janet, which spawned me meeting Drake, which you know, which spawned me meeting Justin Timberlake. So that. Fade to Black alone set the path for my entire career. And I'd like to tell the other thing I just want to speak on real quick is that one thing in Philly that we do do as musicians is we we, we try to be nice and speak to everybody because you never know who up next. Right. So it's like, you know, that week as well, Amir can expound on it. But like it was some heavy hitters in there in them rehearsals that who they were then is not who they are right now. <laughs> right. And like they 
we 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 treated everybody equally like and so you know Beyonce then was not Beyonce now and you know just blazed in and Swiss and you mm-hmm. know I mean arguably even you know what Jay has done the last 20 years from that show alone you know what I mean right they didn't even let Yay on that night yeah here. I was gonna say that I I remember him not being able to get backstage yep you remember speaking to him? Yeah. So one of the things that happened after that, he was like, yo, I'm I'm working on my music too. We we should work together. Like, you know what I mean? I just right. I just say yes to everybody because that's how it was for me being in Philly. You know what I mean? I was just like, you never know which opportunity is going to be the next big thing. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Okay, I'll ask you now, because I know that you're older and wiser now. When you are vetting and auditioning, if someone says, yo, I got this young boy and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, like my dad told me the audition process. He used to always make me audition musicians by playing a ballad. He would make me play the most simple. He would say, no, don't do the intricate shit. He says, I'm going I'm to teach you something. Pick the simplest ballad that we got in our repertoire and make them audition that. And sure enough, like musicians would fall apart because they couldn't play something so simple. They knew the intricate shit, but they couldn't play the simple shit. Well, first of all, are you a don't come to me, I'll come to you type of cat? Like, if I say, yo, I got this young boy, da-da-da-da, he's a shit, 
you should use him. How how do you know how good he'll be? Do you just I, go I to his YouTube page or like what? Yeah, but like, you know, are we talking now? Because before, you know, 12 years ago, we didn't have none of that. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it was total word of mouth. And that's how I got on. You know what I mean? Like my my career spawned from people seeing and hearing the music on stage, but also word of mouth. Like, yo, let me get that dude's number, whatever, whatever. So what but, I look for. I mean, now, more or less, like, I know that you should at least know two to three people that play the same thing. Like. You'll use Clay Sears for guitar. Yes. And if not, you'll use Randy Bolin. But I'm certain that there's put me in coach energy. Always, always. All the time. So how do you how do you deal with the expectation factor yeah. of the music? And I'm sure right now is even past Philly. I'm sure that you know musicians oh, yeah, worldwide yeah. now. It's global, man. The DMs go crazy with videos and stuff like that. Now, I have to be honest and say... People hiring me are hiring me for my sound. So I'm not up, I'm not mad at using the same 20 folks because I know I get what I get out of them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's very rare that, you know, even back in the day, we used to just tag somebody in. It's very rare that that happens. You know what I'm saying? And so when it does happen, it's because they have a vocabulary of genre that I love. Like I love a, a dude to, you know, play country beat and then play a hip hop beat and, and it still feel very authentic. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then just like feel timing and feel, um, James Poyser let me have it. The first time I played the bass, yo, I had a six string <laughs> Ken Smith and he said, Hey, yo, don't ever come in this studio with this, he said it was a piece. He said my base was a piece of furniture. James <laughs> 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 an asshole. <laughs> Yo, and, and so I didn't know what that meant. I went to a jazz school, you know. I thought I was freaking Anthony Jackson at the time. Like I was doing everything right. like that. And he handed me Little Brother, Slum Village, wow. um, Voodoo. Um, and then I was like, Pino, Pino. Pino. Yes, Pino, Pino, and I was like, oh, Pino Palette, okay, cool. Or like Dilla, oh, okay, my electric bass should sound like some MPC pads. Like, you know what I'm saying? And like, he he put me, James and Omar put me on so much music that you had either given them or they that, that opened their ears up to. When he told me my bass was a piece of furniture, bro, I, I was like, I, I saved up, I saved up the fastest three hundred and seventy-five dollars that I could to just go get a four-string Fender Jazz, and uh, I don't know. Is that still your weapon of choice? It's it's still my weapon of choice. I, I do play five, but like that bass, you know, we did yes sirs with, we did Josh Stone. That's on a lot of records. We did uh, Al Green, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was like, yes, yes, that I was the one. That. And it, to the point where even Rich was like, hey, yo, where's the, bring the four string in. Like, you know, <laughs> like I had to learn genre specific vocabulary and not just what I had known through chops or whatever. So that's even what I look for. You know, the antithesis of what I started is what I look for now. You know what I mean? So okay. like, yo, music. Okay. I made I made a lot of money and a big living playing low on the bass. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I don't have to do all that up high stuff to make it feel right for me 
personally, you know what I'm saying? And like coming from a Dilla record, it's like that ain't even what he was doing. Coming from a from a from a slum or a voodoo place is like, you know, I mean, Pino can play anything, but it's like it was really about the groove and the feel. And so that's what I tried to hone in on for about two years. What were you listening to growing up? Because you were saying that James and everybody, they were putting you on like the slum. Yeah, I had never listened to that stuff. So I was listening to the Clark Sisters. So gospel, straight gospel. <laughs> well, and, and then like a lot of Nile Rodgers, but through samples. Like you couldn't ah, tell me. I, gotcha. I, was, I was Biggie Smalls in my head. So I was like, who's hot? Who's not? Tell me who got, who got the boot. So I was like, wait a minute, but that that guitar part is cold. Like, let me find out what that is. So Bernard Edwards it was your bass god in 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 Nile Rogers. Nile Rogers, and then I was like, um, not a lot of yo, I'm gonna be I'm gonna keep it a hundred. I ain't never said this out loud, but like you couldn't tell me that bad boy didn't have the coldest musicians before I knew they were samples. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dun, 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 dun. I was like, right, right. I should have came up with that. Stevie J's I nice, came man. up with that. <laughs> I was like, boom, boom. I was like, yo, they killing in the studio. I was 12 years old. You know what I'm saying? So I'm listening yeah. to One More Chance. I'm listening to Warning. I'm listening to more money, more problems. I'm listening to hypnotize. Boom, boom, um, um, um. Yeah. I played that at my marching band, Joe, and they was like, "Yo, you yeah. playing Biggie Small?" <laughs> but that was, but the way you described that album, that's the same way. That's what Midnight Marauders was for me. Yeah, yeah dog. I swore you, I you couldn't have told me Midnight Marauders wasn't them playing all that role dog. live shit, <laughs> like you know what I mean. <laughs> the amount of times I grilled Bob Power about electric relaxation. Yes. Mm -hmm. Even Michelle Degocella gave like damn near her whole entire Rolling Stone interview about like Q-tip is the the next uh this his chord structure of blah 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> you buy the record like ah damn. No, yeah. but I mean even then to discover it and hear it in that way that's still genius. So that's not to take away from. No, yeah, no, 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 but I'm just saying like those are the baselines that like Tell me what you want from doom. Ding, 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 ding. I'm like, yo, these dudes is cold. The hitman is cold. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and so, you know, learning where they came from and Elder Barge flips and, 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 you know, Bernard flips and Niles flips. It was like, it was mind boggling to me. So then when I finally dove into the original records and really honed in on my own tone, I was like, this is where it comes from. You know what I mean? The original, the original vibe. And then like, you know, huge Ron Carter fan and, you know, flipping that from Tribe as well. With, like, yeah. you know, it was mind boggling too. And did you, uh, commission Fred Hammond? Were you? I, I was more take six. You would take six. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I was more take six. Wow. The generation after commission. Right. <laughs> I, I was. I'm, I'm being honest. I was a Fred Hammond fan. And then it was like, oh, he came from commission. So, you know, I'm just being honest. I'm just. I don't know. hundred percent. East gotcha. Coast Church. <laughs> All right. And then lastly, my uncle had a, 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 a gospel group. So to me, they was like they was commissioned in Trenton, New Jersey. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> they, they better than it. They like Joe to see in my town. <laughs> I always wanted to know, have you ever been in a musical situation? where it did not work out well. I don't know if this is what you mean, but I'm going to tell this one story. We're doing Coachella with Dr. Dre, right? Right. Tupac, Tupac. Is this the, the Tupac uh, 
hologram. Hologram. Nah, he he brings in this this new young kid rapper from 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 L.A. Compton, right? I'm like, he's all right. I mean, y'all want me to arrange? His, he's gonna he's gonna do two songs in the middle of our set. I was like, I don't know, man. Like he he okay? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I was like, I, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna let my man do this one because, like, I really want to concentrate on this pop, and I'm gonna really, you know, I really want to get this right. Eminem's on the way, and it's like, nah, like, yo, just, you know, help the kid out. I was like, nah, yo, I can't do it. And it was like, all right, he comes in, great energy. I was like, what's your name, man? He said Kendrick, and I was like, all right, all right, okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like I've lost twice like that in my life. <laughs> really? Wasn't really feeling it when I first heard it. And then I'm it, his his energy is what brought me into him, if I can be honest. You know what I'm saying? Before for the energy and the music. Before the early music, it was like yeah. he was just like, and then same thing. I, Sean G said, yo, I need you to work with with this kid from North Carolina. I was like, oh, he, you know, I'm busy, bro. Like, he said, listen to this. He can rap, bro. I was like. Friday Night Lights. All right, you know. Yo, Sean tried to ram Friday Night Lights down my throat, man. Like, yo. J. Cole, man. J. Cole, bro. And it was like, yo, just let me fly you to North Carolina. I was at Ninth Wonder. was like, come to North Carolina. And and same thing. His energy is what did it for me over the music. So I I, I got two L's for sure. I got two L's. (laughs) Like, you know, they arguably top 10 of all time right now. Yo, but how many more Kendrick shows have you been kind of forced to MD anyway, based off of like from halftime to award shows? Like, yeah, it's, it's, been great, it's been great to work with him, you know, specifically yeah. last halftime, um, you know, and, and like I said, the relationship and the energy is always right. But I'm, I'm saying I've taken creative L's because I was like, I, I don't hear it. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to arrange. I'm not, I, I'm not connected to this. Right. Two L's, Kendrick and J. Cole, for sure. Arguably, like I said, number one, two great human black men, just great guys. Mm-hmm. Hey. And, then, and then arguably top 10 lyricists. And then it was like, you know, I almost missed it. I did it. I do want to ask. I, I mean, so many questions to ask you about your career. But now with you winning the Emmys. Woo, yes. And I, you know, I know that to be in that particular position, like it's such a Teflon airtight space where a, one person can monopolize a whole marketplace. Like for the longest, I thought, uh, what's a brother's name? Uh, a bass player. Um, Ricky Mine. Yeah. Like I thought like, oh God, Ricky Mine is going to own the Emmys until he's 197 years old. Like not ever giving up space or whatever. But tell me about navigating your way through non-concert stage non-studio world like yeah getting into television scoring and i mean eventually i guess you're going to start doing movies soon yeah man i'm I'm looking forward to that as well i've, I've worked on a couple big ones greatest showman i did the soundtrack okay uh, uh in the heights and i just did a, a kids one called lao lao crocodile and all of that is with our brother our philly brothers benjamin Pac. Mm-hmm. uh 
But yeah, I you know how I got into the television space for sure. You know, I remember 2012, 13 BET Awards. I had about six or seven clients on the BET Awards. And Jesse Collins was like, yo, I'm giving this dude seven checks. Like, just hire him to do the whole show. We can save some money. (laughs) Right. You know what I'm saying? I'll never forget that. I just remember, like, showing up to meeting after meeting. And they were like, yo, you here again? You here again? And that was one of the things that I, I, I saw ricky minor do and you know at the time like patrice russian and, and like um you know ray chu of course and on from the apollo i had been doing killing touring sets so in my head i was like yo what if these artists for three minutes and 30 seconds get a touring adam blackstone experience on television and when i made up in my mind i was going to spend the same amount of time programming and arranging one song as I did a whole show, it was a game changer, man. And I, they haven't been able to, you know, like move forward from that because I give each artist an experience in that TV moment mm-hmm. that they've never had before. I'm not just playing the record most of the time. I'm I'm giving them that live show experience in their three minute segment. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so that makes audience is excited that makes the network excited um it was hard to navigate though and i'm still learning i'm here like you know emptying the oscars last year and following you it was like making those sandwiches and and writing out charts and you know conducting 60 piece orchestra it was like yo I'm, i'm i'm still learning but at the same time i believe in myself so much that i know i can do anything and if i don't know something i'm a huge question asker so all right Answer this question for me. Yeah. I've been dying to know for award shows, especially. Yeah. When you're doing award shows, how much leeway do you have in knowing who the winner is going to be? Or like, what, what is the process? Do you have five different sets of music on standby? And they're like, the winner is... Super of soul. You're like, all right, see, two, three. Like how? So what we did for Oscars was the winter music specifically, I pre-recorded down there in the pit each of the five nominees so that we could just trigger it almost like playback depending on who won. You know what I'm saying? They do not let me know. I want to be super clear with that. I do not know until it flashes up on the screen, but I've been able to kind of trick the system a little bit with how our normal playback works is now just putting all the music for that one moment in playback and they can play whichever one that they want to play um now if i'm doing something a little more general where not even a 10 second warning or not really man nah it might flash up on the screen five seconds before you know what i'm saying but but if I'm doing something a little more general category, I might just do something super, you know, in okay. that space, you know what I mean? Or tempo for somebody to walk up on stage or something like that. But um, when it's a, when it's it's a direct, you know, Oscars movie song thing, I'm like, yo, without us messing up, let's record all of the nominees music and let you guys pick which one you want to play. So if there's 37 yes. categories for the Oscars. Times five or six or seven. Yeah. So you're trying to tell me that you have to at least prepare once like 130 plus music mm-hmm. cues. 
I did. I was at 87 um, because some of the categories weren't on TV this year. I did 87 music cues, bro. It was nuts. And that's not also play on music when they say, ladies and gentlemen, Puff Daddy or ladies and gentlemen. Daniel. Oh, shit. I forgot the nominees and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 Nah, it's like. What is that in time? Like in time? How many? How long is that? You think they I'm, called me music. Christmas to do the Oscars, which was April. And I work okay. every day. <laughs> like straight up, I, my team, Dante Winslow, thank God, and Derek Hodge, thank God I brought them on. Uh, first all-black conducting team. Yes. Oscars. And um, those of you who know those two gentlemen. Oh, man, yeah, nah, Derek Hodge, that's my yeah. man. I'll him, man. That's- yeah, they don't, they don't let nothing get past. So it's like we pretty much divvied it up and just was like, yo, you take these 30, I'm going to do these 30. And so I, how do you notate like orchestral arrangements? Because I even, you know, there was orchestra there. You know, Summer of Soul, big winner. It's like, you know, we took one of those records from the thing and then I orchestrated it with no vocal. So maybe trumpet is playing the lead line for a B.B. King joint. You know what I'm saying? And, right. maybe, and, and then I put, you know, low brass and strings playing like it's an organ. You know what well, I'm saying? So. Well, I'm only I'm only asking because like. All right, so the year before you did it, last year, you did COVID, because of COVID, right? I DJed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even then, up until 45 minutes beforehand, you know, there were there were a lot of monkey wrenches. Uh, Regina King's going to now do the intro, so find some, you know, to clear stuff. Like, yeah. shit, we, we were calling Londell McMillan like a half hour huh. before the Grammys. Like, yo, can we please clear this Prince song right now? So... I can imagine for you, it's even more of a nightmare. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I will say about the orchestral music, if you choose four bars and let's just say we're going to vamp something or we're going to move these four bars to a different intro because it has a similar vibe, you're able to do that. But that still comes with the preparation. I still got to do 89, 90 pieces to know which bars make sense for Regina Hall. And to know which bars make sense for Amy Schumer, to know which of the third set of bars makes sense for Wanda Sykes this year. Like, you know what I mean? So we had to play through the whole thing. It was, it was, I was one of my hardest jobs ever. And very much like a my first big, huge, huge tour with Kanye, I feel like like now orchestral wise, I can do anything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And um, it, and as you know, with the Oscars or Grammys specifically. We're not linked to any time thing. So all this talk about playback and stuff like that. No, we're rocking live. So if somebody trips or if somebody <laughs> starts way back, you was kind of far, bro. We had to keep playing. Like, yeah, we- I was gonna say my <laughs> one, I well. can I can say with certainty that I have the most slowest awkward walk of all time to that podium. All time. Well, <laughs> who could blame you? Who could blame you? It was it was rough. So it was all processing thing. <laughs> Are we gonna talk about this or no? Oh wow. I've gone on record before. Um, but it, I do want to hear from the three. It's interesting too, coming from like y'all who also share this night of being from the same area. Man, I mean, I was, it's just so many levels to it, right? So many players. Like I, I cried in that moment, happy for my brother, mm. sad <laughs> for my brother. Right. Sad you know for something my- though? I will say this much. So yes, I they they because of the whole COVID situation. First of all, and you know they chose the right theater. It was the Kodak, right? Where we at the right. So they sat us. They set the documentary people way in the back. 
You know what I mean? So yeah, even that's, then, that's what they do every year. It just happened that they got you this year. So well, I think in normal times we so would have been in, in much, a little closer and like a little more intimate. And yeah, you know. and if it were normal times, we would have been in a a bigger thing, and we would have been closer to the front. But they had yeah. us all spread out because of COVID, and the documentary people way in the back. And so even then, I mean, three things are happening in my head. One was that a was that a bad sketch going wrong? Wrong. And it wasn't until, you know, and then like I'm managing my mom and then she's crying on my shoulder or whatever. So that's distracting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I distinctly, all right, I distinctly remember by the time I got mm-hmm. towards the front, mm-hmm. I was looking at the Williams sister and the look, the look they had on their face like we're being held hostage. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, oh shit. That might have been real. Yeah. Right? Because even then, when it's happening... No, you don't I'm, know. I was in the pit, bro, watching it from underneath directly. And I was like... I was like, man, I'm... Yo, I mean, I promise to God. Like, yeah. I'm like... Mm. I'm like... That's not in the script. I'm like... What? <laughs> right. Right. And even I'm as like, it's yo, happening... I'm like, yo, somebody... What, where was that? Like, where... <laughs> right. So... One, I was doing trans meditation. And when you're doing trans meditation, I mean, I do it all the time, even with the Grammys, knowing I'm not going to win. I'm like, okay, and remember your mom and remember. I'm like trying to remember names and shit. And only when I heard the word fucking, fucking out, when I heard fucking twice, I looked at my mom like, yo. Yeah. That's how you knew it was, that's how you knew it was real when the expletives ah. started. Right. Yeah. No, even then, I said, I said, dag, mom, like, Will, Will Packer. Is allowing cursing on television. <laughs> Take a risk. Right. And so I'm talking to my mom, still not hearing what's happening. And there's no television monitor. I'm way in the back. So when I'm walking to the front, the first thing that I noticed, I was like, oh, these bastards. They're playing a they they're they're playing the Jay Dilla um yep. The Jay Dilla sample. Sample to the to the uh, movie. <laughs> the fat cat loop that was in Summer of Soul. So that was the first thing that held me down. And then once I got closer, then it was like, oh shit. And then yeah. I, you know, by then my mind went blank. But I do remember, at least from walking to my chair to when I saw the Williams sisters, I was like, oh damn. Adam Adam chose a Jay Dilla sample from Summer of Soul to bring me on to. That I, I really appreciate that. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And like, oh, I, I ran up there because, like I said, in my head, I'm I'm about to go crazy because I'm like, y'all didn't tell me about this, this, this wrestling. Right, this extra skit. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> extra and skit. then by the time I got in the room, I saw. Latifah, yeah. and, and she was she just had a dejected, sad look. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, "Oh, that was real." And then they said, "Quest Love and these four other white guys." That it was just so much. It was yeah. Like, oh was, god, I'm... No, it just was like a. Sp- <laughs> it was, I was like, "Wait, what is going on?" Y'all should have seen us at home watching. Like, oh god, no, oh yay. Uh, I'll, yo, I'll say I'll say this much. I I never went on record with this before. Walking off stage, maybe I mentioned it. Obviously, you know, like once you win your award, you got to take the march to the backstage in the press room. So I don't know what segment was next. 
I assume that it had something to do with the anniversary or either the Godfather or something yeah. mafioso-ish because mm-hmm. backstage, I'm looking at De Niro, Pacino, <laughs> like Scorsese, like all the characters that I've known from these gangster joints, right? Mm-hmm. And walking past them, and, you know, Chris kind of went to them. Like, I remember hearing, like, that heavy talk. Like, yeah. this fucking guy. Like, that sort of thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who the fucking oh, guy? Oh, he's Godfather. Fucking... Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want to, you know, I, I'm not yeah. I'm even trying to allude to, but it was definitely that sort of energy of, like, oh, my God, this entire cast of, like, the Godfather and Goodfellas, like, here in the corner. <laughs> About this joke Chris, and they were yeah. definitely like yeah it was it, it was it was weird but i will say in that moment man like we was all so proud and like Thank you, man. You know, mm-hmm. his speech was amazing and you honestly um brought us Stephen hill just texted me he said <laughs> um um he you you brought it back and then a shout out to amy schumer because she came in the next segment and said, man, I was in the back. It's real heavy in here. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, just remember, I just remember laughing uh, like about that. Like, you know, yeah. I mean? like she was like, did I miss something? Like, uh, it's real heavy in here right now. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, man, but that was an amazing experience oh. to see you represent Philly. And I, I felt the same way, like going up to get my Emmy. I was like, yo, like, all the work that you do, because listen, Summer Soul was never going to be a bad movie. I feel like the Super Bowl, my Super Bowl was never going to be bad. We do things in excellence, right? Mm-hmm. But it feels a different way to have the outsiders recognize it as an award-winning whatever. You know what I mean? Like, right. Whether you won or not, and I got to say, is I might be easier to say this now because we got the trophies, but whether you won or whether I won, it doesn't diminish the work that we did. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's instilled in us at such a young age that, yo, whatever you do, I don't care if you at the five spot, Amir's living room, wetlands, Oscars, Emmys, do it in excellence. And that's what I continue to strive to try and do. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, 
Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. What is harder, Super Bowl uh, preparation or like award shows? I'm going to say award shows for me because the last four Super Bowls I've done, I've been fans of the artists. So it helps me navigate how I would want to see and hear it as a fan. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Justin Timberlake and Timberland music. And, and then after that, I did Shakira and J-Lo. So I really dove in to what that Latino sound mm-hmm. and culture was and doing. You did the weekend before, right? I didn't do the weekend. I didn't Thank do the weekend. God. That that year is when I did Jasmine Sullivan. Yes. National anthem. That was my first yeah. Yeah. Yes. I arranged the anthem. And then Dre last year, huge fan. And then coming up now, you know, we got a special one. You're doing Riri. Re- re- I need to I need to know this, Adam, because for a lot of folks that don't know, like you're connected in a lot of different ways, whether you're music directing, whether you're for a award show or for a tour, but then also your business, your agency with your wife. So I'm kind of curious with your history, with everything that you've done with this agency. Are you ever present in a moment, whether it be at an award show, probably an award show, probably a music award show is when it's really happens when you look around and you see every single band and you see them from this background singers to everybody where you have a deep musical connection with, like you could say either I played with you yeah. or I put you on this, on this gig. Like, have you had a present moment like that? I think and, like a couple Coachella's in a row. I'm like looking at the lineups and I'm like, that's my folks. That's my folks. That's my folks. That's my folks. But I really see the fruit of it like you know, when I do something like that legacy experience where we're jam packing five, six, seven hundred people in a room, no posting, no ticket sales. And they come out and support and love on one another through the gift of music spawned by whatever I've done to create that environment. And so that's one of the times that are those are the times where I really see feel the love. I feel genuine. I, I feel thankful. I feel humbled by who comes out. And, you know, Stevie hopped on stage last week, New Edition, you know, before that, Stokely and and just all these people where, you know, they want to just say thank you for what I've contributed to music in their own way. Um, and so th- those moments feel really good. I, I have to get more into the moment of the preparation and I don't know if I know how to do that yet because I'm 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 waiting for it to be over. Unfortunately, if I can be honest, I got a question I've been dying to ask you. Yeah. Okay. I know you're dealing with a new crop of what we call young boys. For instance, I saw Omar Edwards's kid hmm? backstage what? at the tent. I'm don't like, yo, that. dude, I used to take you bowling when you were six. Yeah. That kid. And, is and you're now 23. 
24 years old, yeah. Yeah, 24. You're drunk. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, you used to put up the boundaries on the bowling alley, so you're you're balling gutter. Now, like, that's happening. So how are you – how do you deal with mentoring? Because I know that also when you put – sometimes you could put a package together and not even step on stage. Yeah. Like, you could put – you could put Timberlake's show together and not have to be on tour. So I guess this is a two-parter. One, how do you deal with artists that expect you to physically be there with them mm-hmm. as opposed to you just put their joint together? And how do you train the band? Like, do they hire the band or do you also put together the band that you feel can best do it? And how do you just, how do you deal with like, yo, make sure you're on time Make sure yep. you're not late. Make I think sure. the, the easiest thing, bro, is for me with putting things together, I make sure people have seen me lead by example. You know what I'm saying? Like they see my work ethic. They see me on time. They see how hard I work in rehearsals. They see I'm a no nonsense guy. If you got to do a little something on the side and all that, don't bring it into the rehearsal. Like there's time. Everybody has their own extracurricular thing. But when we're here to work, we're here to work. Um, as far as managing the artist's expectations, that's just comes with time and comfortability and trust. If I get on the phone, we just did a little baby on Fallon. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like I was in L.A. and I'm talking to baby and I'm like, yo, I got you. I have a set of guys. What I'm going to do again, we're talking about these sketches. I'm going to send you a sketch and a rehearsal recording. So when you walk in, you know what it is. Or if you hear something that you don't like, I can fix it ahead of time so you're not walking in having to try to communicate um an idea with me not being there so it's a it's very much still myself pre-prepping so that when they walk in they already know what they're walking into and then as far as the guys are concerned i'm like yo if you ain't seen me do it don't do it on my gig you know what i'm saying and i know that sounds simple but it's like but have you had to have a situation where you're like yeah i I gotta let you go and I'm yeah, sorry. I, like, yo, it's, it's not going to work. And, and then I break it down and say, this is what you did. Like, and I mean, me and you are very similar in our countenance with people. If you explain to somebody what they did and they actually take a step back and know who we are to know that we don't want to fire them. Really? Right. They'll be like, yo, yeah, I, I really jacked up. huh?" <laughs> like, so sometimes it's not a hard thing. I've learned too in the last five years, like, People really want me. And so whoever I put on that stage represents me. Right. And if there's anything that goes wrong, it's a bad reflection on me and my brand and my business that I've worked so hard to build. You know, we talked about spawning, you know, inspiring young young boys with the programming and stuff. It's getting easier and easier to find out who has studied me and who has, you know, their 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 Adam Blackstone BBE template already in that laptop. But at the same time, being a people person, you can't teach that. You know what I'm saying? And so that's one of the one things that I would tell the young kids is like, yo, be humble. But at the same time, don't be afraid to speak and say hello. Look people in the face and, you know, yes, talk talk through ideas (laughs) and shake hands. and, and, and And it's all love because you remember those people who have had an impact on you over their playing, yo. Real talk. Everybody can play and sing these days. Everybody. And they play in circles around me, these young kids now. But at the same time, when I'm 
when I need to talk to a Justin Timberlake or I need to talk to an Eminem, they don't know how to do that. I think yes. social media has been a crutch. Mm-hmm. I've been saying that. To not yes. be able to actually articulate their ideas verbally and just play. You know what I mean? Right. So, Who are five mm. of your most pleasurable clients to work with? I'm sure you love working with everybody. <laughs> but like, when you're like, ah, oh, man, it's going to be fun. I can't wait for this. Yeah. Like, no particular order at all. Jay-Z, um, I love playing his music. I'm a fan of the music. As you re- as you see, I'm married from 03 on. It's gotten more and more musical as well. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So huh. uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to say, a, I don't know if this is another person or a slash, but Puff Daddy, I did the Bad Boy Reunion Tour 2016. And like I said, I was talking to Fonte, like that music spawned how I felt sampling and hip hop and live bass playing, like what that was about for me as a kid before I met the roots and before I was able to, you know, kind of do things. It was like the samples alone were the music bars that I was like, yo, I got to, I could play this. And when I play this at the football game on Saturday morning, oh, they're going to go crazy. Right, yeah, that was a must see tour that year, too. I'm so mad I didn't see that. Shit. I heard it was yeah, amazing. Was really good. Um, yeah. Jenny Jackson, even one verse, one verse, Penny, like one verse, Penny. It, it listen <laughs> when I smack, <laughs> when I smack, miss you much, just the chorus, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You, it went <sighs> and, you, and she, she taught me that. She said, like, yo, we just gonna get in and out, you know. <sighs> I hate that, but go ahead. This is a this this is a to you can ask me this every day and it might change so I apologize. Ed Sheeran, oh okay, very musical. He's the white quest love. He don't want no tracks. Yeah, I was going to say every time I see Sheeran, he's on stage by himself with his guitar. So he's been doing this looper thing all his life, but very recently we just did Tiny Desk and we've taken that Tiny Desk show to a bunch of different things, whether it be TV shows or whatever like that, NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been really cool. Man, like I said, you asked me this any other day, it's going it's gonna to change. But um, the last one I'm going to say... Kurt Franklin, Mary Mary, Nicki Minaj, Justin Timberlake. You can't do that. Come on. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> everybody. All right. Number hey, five is everybody. Kurt Franklin, Nicki Minaj, Mary Mary, Justin Timberlake. How does it feel to finally, like, fulfill your uh, wish mm. of making albums? Yo, I never in a million years, I'm going to be completely honest, thought that I would be an artist. Right? And what took you so long? Well, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like, we, I lost some friends through COVID, like straight up. You know, one of them, I, I lost a cousin, uh, 45 mm-hmm. years old through COVID. Um, a couple of my friends lost their parents. But specifically i lost paris bowens who paris that's uh, right is arguably one of the greatest keyboard players and over that one of the greatest human beings right and so when i went to his celebration services it really inspired me because i was like yo bible says like you know our days are numbered and it's like we we don't know the time or the day but i don't want and this is no disrespect to anybody but i don't want my service at the at the altar and the screens is showing 
me at the Super Bowl and or like I'm on to other people's Timberlake or, 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 I'm, or, I'm or I'm at you know that's my jam or something like that. I said, <laughs> real, real talk. I mean, yeah, I, understand, I understand what you're saying. Be like, Those are all. <laughs> listen, let me tell you something. Those are all positions that I'm so thankful for. People would die to be in right now, but I right. had, I had to leave a legacy of something for my family, my children, and the people who know and love me to be proud of that I did on my own. Yeah. Oh, that mm. I did my album in 30 days, man, and what. what what me and my team have been wow. we have been calling relationship equity, right? And what that means to me is I have poured so much into people un 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 w- without asking for anything in return, just because I, I I value people and relationships for the last 20 years. That when I made a call to Questlove, when I made a call to James Poison, when I called Jasmine Sullivan, when I yeah. called Mary Mary, when I called Kurt Franklin, when I called Leslie Odom Jr. When I called Queen Latifah, when I called Robert Glasper, they immediately said, whatever you need, we got you. You've had us for all this time. Mm. And I'm, I get choked up even thinking about it because like nobody, nobody in 2022 got the track list that I got. Period. Mm. I don't care what, what, <laughs> maybe Khaled. <laughs> right. <laughs> but like my track list is crazy. And it's like, it's mm. only because. I, I've loved on these people. I, I exclaim it. I'm proud of who I love. I'm proud of the people that have inspired me. And for whatever reason, they also felt like I've inspired them. And so they returned that um, musical favor. And we made this album called Legacy that I'm so, so proud of. That's what took me so long, man. I think, you know, you know, uh, seeing loss and experiencing joy with my children, I was like, you know, it, it, it ain't nothing like having my son sing my song as one of his favorite songs, hearing him wake up and sing Fly Me to the Moon. Or I was going to ask you what made you do the singing because people know you for playing, but also on his record is special because we get to hear you sing. Yeah, I sang a little bit. I, You know, I've been inspired by big band music all my life. Tony Bennett and Rat Pack and Sinatra and, and, and Sammy and Nat King Cole. You know, there's, I mean, they all can sing. But it was mm-hmm. it was the swag that made them songs cool too. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like Louis Armstrong is like the swag behind it. So I was like, you know, man, I, I I got some swag. Let me let me throw it on record real quick. <laughs> Make me think of I'll be sure more of a stylist. That's yeah. what I'll be sure said. He said he wasn't a singer. <laughs> I'm a vocal stylist. <laughs> and, um, you know, and even the song that I sang on. I'll be is lonely like, at the top. <laughs> play, play. Uh, so yeah, the song I sang on is called "Back on the Strip," and it's a it's a nod to Philly and Jersey and duet with Queen Latifah, and it's going good. So yeah, that I, I'm so excited about Legacy, and it, it's able to showcase many many different like facets of who I am. I, you know, this this is Volume One. I don't know when or if Volume Two happens, but it's like at the same time, I had to, I had to do it. You know, people have been great to me. Music has been great to me. We bless mm-hmm. to do what we do, and and this is my this is my ode, and a, and thank you to um, the music industry. It, Love for putting Lauren Talese on there too, because everybody man. might not know her name, but you're gonna oh, know yeah. that voice. My Philly, that's my Philly Cleveland girl right there. Yes, that's the same yes. thing. And is, the Baylor Project is on there, you know, representing. Yes, Gene Baylor, yes. Uh, and then I, you know, made a call to John Schofield. He ended up jumping. Yeah, I was going to say, you got Schofield on the record. Schofield on there, Keon Harold, Wayne Bergeron, Dante Winslow, The Truth, 
Jilly from Philly spitting bars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Swizzy on the backgrounds. It's just, you know, it's it's fire, man. I'm, I'm so, so thankful. We just kind of went through your whole like crazy days and times. Yeah. What does the rest look like? When do you end your day? Is your week seven days a week? What are the barriers that you put on for your own self and your family? That is that is a great question. I'm still learning at 40 years old, like where to say no, where to draw the line. One of the reasons I think I I haven't said no was first of all I grew up with the roots. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, we are, and I'm married. You can attest possibly, but I'm so much further along in my head in my career than my dreams could ever imagine. So sometimes right. when I get an offer to do. I'm going to be completely honest. Like Stevie called me today and was like, yo, I need you to MD his house of toys. I, I can't do it. That's the craziest thing for me to say. I was going to say, who, what prestigious person? It just happened you... to me today. Yeah. It just happened to me today. And it happens right. all the time. But I'm speaking of today because, yo, I got I have Super Bowl rehearsal. Right. And I've already committed and I would wear myself in my 30s or 20s be like i'm doing it all but at the older i get the more responsibility that these prestigious gigs have as well so the responsibility for me to be at a meeting is different than me going to another gig you know the the workload is higher when you like on kind of overseeing higher up i get the more responsibility the workload is on it's it's, it falls on me and 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 my team is incredible do not get me wrong but at the same time at some i I gotta show face and i have to implement my own knowledge into what makes this show what it is so i I had to say no to stevie and Mm -hmm. i think that that is it is is crazy but it's also a testament to to being a stand-up person and what you've already agreed to. And then also knowing the time that I spend with my family and my children and my wife, that's what makes me a better musician because mm-hmm. we've all had that moment where you get that knot in your stomach and you like, I can't even perform today. I'm, I'm jacked up. I don't know what's going on at home or, or whatever the, you know, personal case may be in some of our lives. But it's like, as long as I make sure that routine and that home is straight, I'm a better person for the rest of the world. And sometimes in this business, unfortunately, the world doesn't care if we're greater, if we're better people, as long as we're servicing them. Mm. I've been blessed to be able to, I've been blessed to be able to the last two, three, four years have people that want to pour back into me in certain gigs and that, and that is is a blessing to me it's a blessing when i can say yo i i need a break or i can't do this or i gotta get home or my son got a soccer game or my daughter got swimming lessons i, I promise you it's gonna be okay i'll be right back they say oh man we got you it's okay you know what i mean so those are the moments that matter to me which in turn supports what why i do what i do for them this legacy you know adam if there were a versus for MDs. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Who would be the Adam Blackstone versus for <laughs> MDs? And someone that you didn't, and I don't mean like. Bro, that, you about to, this is, <laughs> that's a really good. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, who's an MD out there that's like, okay, so I see you. Yeah, I, see I mean, you. listen, you know. My West Coast brothers, fifteen hundred or nothing, they doing their thing. Yeah, yeah I got Mars. Yeah, I got Mars. Yeah. So, um, that 
a lot of my influence in pop music came from Kevin Antunes. Okay. Not sure if people are familiar with him, but he did every boy band in the 90s. So Backstreet, Insane, right. 98 Degrees, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, them Jurassic Park sounds and all that. Like Insane was doing that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, remember when the TVs came over their heads at Madison Square Garden? And all that? <laughs> so, like, Kevin Antunes would be another one. And then I'm just inspired by so many others. You know, Ricky Minor with what he did with Whitney Houston. Um, I took a lot of that catalyst and tried to t- bring it to Jill. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Where it was like our live versions of this music is almost just as good or hopefully better experience than some of the record joints. That's how you feel about Whitney. You know what I'm saying? When he was doing, when Ricky was doing um, Whitney. And so like we Jill loves singing live, you know what I'm saying? And at that time I hadn't experienced somebody that was like, yo, let's go on the stage and we just going to vibe. And it's Jill is, is, is such a, you know, a class act when it comes to that. And, commanding that stage she taught me so much on how to just be in the moment i got a lot of that from watching ricky and um with whitney and all the other tv things he has done um and then, does jill you know, still use colorful metaphors when she wants something like Near, i need i need i need the peach yeah yeah i sent her a song for my album that she, mm, this sounds like that she turned down she said it's 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 not yellow enough it's yo like, dog every Jill is the most song rejecting person I know in this lifetime, yeah. and it's always a metaphor. Yeah, it's got to be green. It's like it's not- I need a blue. <laughs> She's big on her synesthesia. Yeah, she gets it. But but Ooh, then- let me write that word down. Say what now? Synesthesia. Synesthesia. That's when you hear music or sounds, and it makes you think of a color. Ooh, that's that good. is all. That is all Jill Scott is about. Listen, She'll, and she and- wanted like strawberry moon. Yeah, and her genius and her her genius allows her to convey it right in a way where you like, oh, this sound, this chord, this right. feeling, whether right. you're you're a, I'm gonna make this up, whether you're a synesthetic or not, you understand what she's saying. Close enough. Back to you. Right. <laughs> we black, we could do that. All right. So I learned a lot this episode. Yeah. But I also listen, I gotta I gotta do this, man. Oh, I gotta give my man. Quest love his flowers. I continue to say in every interview, every I was about to give you your flowers. No, listen, <laughs> I, gotta, I, gotta, I just gotta say this: like every MD also has an MD, and Amir Questlove Thompson is my forever MD. I he can or cannot. I sweat three in the morning and I say, "Yo, what you think about da 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 da?" Or what the chord for this? Or how should I do this? Or like, I'm still asking and gaining knowledge, and 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 hopefully. You know, you know, bro, that what you've spawned in me is is so many other now. The people you say I've inspired, they got to know that where I get it from. And so um, between you and James and Rich and and and, wow. and just the whole crew, it's like, I appreciate you for taking a chance on me. Literally, Philadelphia changed my life. And, um, you know, here we are. QLS. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, I'll take these damn flowers. Thank you. No, you know what I learned? You know what I learned this episode? And I was quasi joking when it came to me, but now I realize, like, damn, Adam's right. Like, I gotta control my my death sizzle reel. Yeah. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't want nobody showing that damn like every time I go to a sports event, they always show the damn Justin Bieber drum battle. 
Yeah. Mm, for I, you? I, I just, like, you know, listen, I got to say, man, like. No offense to Justin Bieber. I'm only no, playing. No, 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 no. We're not talking. It's not about Bieber. <laughs> not but about, it's about yeah. what we've done in our lives that what has made the, you know, the impact on people. Because you don't, we, you know, that casket, man, is real. And we don't want to be like, oh, he was an asshole. Look at him up there with Justin right. Bieber. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that ain't right. it. We want to. We want to know when you freaking started playing drum and jungle and drum and bass on You Ooh. Got Me, like how, how that just was like, what the, like, those are the things, you know what I'm saying? Right. That's my moment too, Adam. That's my favorite quest level. It's moment. called a legacy. Yeah. Legacy, baby. It's yeah. called a legacy. Hey, Is there uh, anything yeah. left that you've yet to do that you want to do? Winning that Emmy, bro. Let me know that EGOT was was. Oh, you gonna get your EGOT? Stop playing. Very much was very much a real thing, and it's attainable. Why it's very much attainable? Watching you get two in one year, <laughs> it was like okay. And there you go. And and inspire. And sometimes we just need to see our own, whether it's our own color or our own people or our own friends. Like do it because you know that you can do it. What I want to do is inspire kids to know that follow your dreams and it could happen like i you know mm -hmm. early i might have thought i wanted to be in the nba or, or play baseball now i'm like doing halftime at the nba all-star game every year i'm like if this is if the music is what got me to the nba yep thank you lord you know what i'm saying well thank <laughs> um, you man but i don't know if there's anything else man i'm gonna just take it day by day and you know gig by gig and you know, just be super thankful, yo. Thankful. Music music has the power to take to do anything and heal and take us anywhere. Yeah. So you inspiring grown-ups too, just so you know. A lot of us. What up, yes. Steve? Yeah. Well, you gave Quest Love all his flowers. Now tell everybody who your favorite Jew is. <laughs> Mandel Mix. <laughs> you don't get in trouble. Right. That's, that's a hard a, question. That's a rough question these days. Yeah, so. I'm about to say, like, hey, well, I, uh, we as children and shit. And, uh, everybody. <laughs> we love everybody. Yo, no, Adam, I, yo, man, I couldn't be more proud of you, man. And Thank I, you, bro. and just to see your growth, this is awesome. I, I think you for doing this and it's, it's amazing to see your work. I can't see what you have in the future. And, um, Thank you for spending this time with us. On behalf of, of Unpaid Bill, who's uh, working on his umpteenth Tony, and Sugar Steve, our favorite person of all time, Fontigalo. Uh, An inside joke between me and Adam. <laughs> no. Uh, and and like, yeah, this is another great episode of Quest Love Supreme. You know, we will see you on the next go round. All right, peace, y'all. Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring? But don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.